Today on the show, I'm going to talk about some of the things that are so important to me in my life as a visually impaired person. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, episode 57. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time because I've got sort of a a top 10 list, and this week it's a top 20 list, so double the pleasure, double the fun. We're going to talk about those things that are so important to me as a visually impaired person, some of the technology, some of the, the things I have, the things I've sort of acquired over the years, and the things that I just find so, so helpful to me as a VIP. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, I've got some advice for people that are feeling sorry for you, and I'm going to talk about the Google Home. So it's going to be a lot of fun on this podcast episode. Make sure you stick around all the way through to the end because we're going to have a great time. But before we jump into it, as always, I want to remind you that you can find today's show notes for this episode at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 057. Show notes includes links, information, ways to subscribe, and get connected. So make sure you hop on over and get those show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 057. I think if you're visually impaired, you've probably faced this at some point, especially dealing with somebody in the public, maybe a stranger, somebody you've just met, something like that. You get that pity look. You know, that look that says, oh gosh, I'm so sorry that you're blind. Maybe they even say it to you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had a... uh a stove delivered to my house because we moved in a couple of months ago and I had a new stove delivered. And the gentleman who was helping, uh, I, he ended up finding out I was visually impaired. I think I had to sign something, so I told him. And he began to get pretty awkward and he was like, uh, so what do you, what can you see? And I was, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I was like, eh, it's okay. You know, my go-to answer in those moments are, it's okay. It's not your fault. <laughs> It just makes me smile. But anyway, the point is you do get that sort of pity, that sort of I'm so sorry for you. And when you're a person like me and probably like you, you want to live your life to the fullest and live a life of of adventure and an active life and just, you know, be who you are. And feeling sorry for you isn't something that you're really excited about. Now, look, we all go through things and we all should have empathy for one another. We should care about one another. If we're going through struggles, we should be there for each other. You know, that's... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that that sort of just pity that it's like, I'm sorry that you're blind. Your your life must suck. And it's like, no, my life doesn't suck. It's great. Yes, I'm blind, and that part isn't great, but I have a great life. And so the way that I always encourage people to deal with things like this is just to be open and honest as much as you can in the moment that you have. Obviously, with that gentleman who delivered my stove, he was wrapping up. He was getting ready to leave. I wasn't going to give him a 10-minute lecture on why my life is great in spite of my blindness or in the midst of me being visually impaired. Obviously, I didn't have that kind of time. But I always encourage people to be upfront and honest and share, you know, oh, well, it's all right. You know, my life's great. Uh, I've had the opportunity to share 
share with people in groups and individually, one-on-one, things like that. And it's always important just to share honestly with them. You know, tell them, you know what? Yeah, the blindness isn't fun, but I live a great life. I do this, I do this, I do this. And sort of like, I don't know if the right words distract, but distract them from the fact that you're visually impaired. Now, what I mean by that is not say like, oh, don't look at that man behind the curtain who's visually impaired. Or it's like, oh, don't pay attention. Oh, just fake it. I don't mean fake it like you're not visually impaired. I mean, hey, look over here. Look at all this great stuff I do. Look at all this great stuff I'm involved in. Or look at my life, how great it is. Don't worry about that. Yeah, the visually impaired part of it is is just part of it, obviously. But there's all this great stuff. And so if you have the opportunity to talk to somebody, if you have the chance to sort of share your life with them a little bit, obviously you don't want to share too much, (laughs) depending on the situation, but if you can share a little bit like, you know what, it's really okay. You're not trying to prove that your life is great even though you're blind. You're just trying to show that the truth is your life can be great. And if your life isn't great right now, you know, if you're recently visually impaired, that's understandable. But when somebody walks up to you and has that sort of, I'm so sorry that you're blind, your life must be awful, it's a good opportunity to share with them that, hey, my life isn't awful. Yeah, the blindness part isn't that fun, but my life as a whole is pretty darn good. Hey, maybe you're going through something like this, like somebody feeling sorry for you, or maybe you have a relationship question, a technology question, whatever it might be. I'd love to walk through your journey of sight loss with you. Hop on over to my coaching page, which you can find at lifeaftersightloss.com slash coaching or link as always in the show notes and see about my coaching stuff because I'd love to walk through this journey with you. It's a whole lot of fun to just journey alongside of somebody. So visit my coaching page and see what we can do about starting that coaching relationship today. Recently, I was going across Twitter because, you know, that's where we spend our lives on social media. But I was on Twitter and I came across this tweet from somebody that I follow and they have a blog that they write about. It's something like Life of a Blind Girl. I think that's what it's called. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. But this blog post was about the 21, I think it's 21 things that they couldn't live without as a visually impaired person. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And so I thought this would be a great podcast episode. So ethically, I contacted them first and said, hey, I'd love to do a podcast episode about this. Can I rip off your idea? (laughs) And they were kind enough to say definitely for sure. So uh, that person's name is Holly. So Holly, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for your permission on doing this. Uh, Some of the things will probably be you know duplicates from your list, but hopefully you'll find some new things here. But if you're listening to this, we're just going to talk about some of the things that impact me on everyday kind of stuff, you know, as a visually impaired person. Some of it's tech, some of it's emotion, some of it's just things I have around the house, whatever it is, 20 things. Now, some of this you may have, some of this you may not have, but hopefully all of it will lead us to this idea that there are things in our lives that we just can't live without. So without further ado, let's jump into it. The 20 things that I can't live without as a VIP. All right, first up is my iPhone. Now, these are in no particular order, but I think the iPhone is probably number one regardless. The iPhone for me, and again, this for me, if you're an Android user, hey, go for it. But for me, it's my iPhone. I mean, I do all kinds of stuff on there. My text, my social media, my email, my contacts, uh, fun games, YouTube, all the stuff I do on my iPhone. It's just, it is like the central location for everything. So not only all that stuff, but there's also 
blind apps on there, Seeing AI, KNFB Reader. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that I can use my phone for, even just the magnifier, which is built into the operating system I can use. And so my iPhone is, I hate to admit that it's the center of my universe, but it really is. If I lost my iPhone, I would be up the creek <laughs> for sure. So yes, first on the list. And again, the list isn't in any particular order, but I think first on the list for sure is my iPhone. Second up, we've got the Apple TV. Now, I love watching television and movies and listening to music and all that stuff, and the Apple TV is the most accessible streaming device that I have found, at least in my personal opinion. Now, there are a lot of them out there that are becoming more accessible, but at least right now, Apple TV wins the day. And so there's lots of great apps on there, Netflix, Hulu, um, just all kinds of great stuff You know that you can watch TV and movies with. You can get iTunes and, and listen to all kinds of music. It's just a great accessible piece of tech that I have in my ecosystem. Now, again, I'm an Apple person, so I have the ecosystem going on, but the whole idea for the Apple TV is that it connects me with other things like watching television movies in a very accessible way. So number two, the Apple TV. Number three are bump dots. Now, we've talked about this before, but bump dots are those little tactile things you can put on your microwave, on your oven, you know, flat surfaces, washer dryer, whatever, and it gives you a tactile feel of what's going on. The bump dots are so great and so crucial. They just blend into my whole ecosystem in my house because, you know what, without those, I'm not sure I'd be able to use my microwave as effective as I do or my oven or whatever it might be. So if you don't have any bump dots, you need to go get some of those because they're great. You can get them from MaxiAids or lots of different places. But they're so great, and they just make using those flat surfaces that much easier. So number three on the list, bump dots. Number four is my computer, and I'm currently using a 27-inch iMac. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have that. It is nice and fast and has a 5K display and blah, blah, blah. Now, I won't say that the iMac is like the thing you have to have as a blind person. I'm just saying for me, it helps me to accomplish a lot of things because of the built-in accessibility. So whatever it is, whether you have a laptop, a desktop, a PC, a Mac, whatever, you've probably found that your computer is a very central part of your life. And for me, my iMac sure is making videos in this podcast and you're writing things and keeping track of things. It is a very crucial part. I'm on it a lot Probably too much, but I really, really enjoy it. So number four on the list for me, it's the iMac. Number five, heading to the kitchen, it's the New Wave Oven. Now, I've done a video, or at least a couple of videos, on something called the New Wave Oven. It is an infomercial product. It's one of those things where they're like, look, it can do everything. And it doesn't necessarily do everything that the infomercial says, but it does a lot of great things. And so, for example, you know, I cook chicken in it all the time, pork chops, and you can cook vegetables. And I mean, just all kind of, I use it on a very regular basis. And so it's something where the buttons are very tactile, you know, they, there's not a lot to it. You don't have to set the temperature necessarily. You can just set the time. And I think as the infomercial used to say, or one of them said, set it and forget it or whatever. But that's what it is. You set the time, you flip it, you do what you think, and it's great because that way there's consistency in my cooking. So I cook the chicken, it's done, it's ready to go. So up on the list for cooking is the New Wave Oven. 
Number six for the kitchen and lots of other places is the whiteboard. Yes, I love my dry erase whiteboard. It's great. I can use it for taking notes. I can use it for helping out with math with my kids. I can use it for remembering something. We use one in our kitchen for uh, keeping track of chores and things like that. I've got a smaller one for homework. It's just great because you can draw really big if you have low vision. You can get that nice contrast or whatever. I'm waiting for the uh, sort of blackboard with white markers. That'll be the next great thing because my contrast will be better to then. But the whiteboard really comes in handy for a lot of different situations. So number six on my list, the whiteboard. Number seven is a great app on my phone. It's called Overdrive, and it is for books from the library. So you can get ebooks, and what I always get are audiobooks. So yeah, there's lots of audiobook things out there, Audible, and you can also get, I think, through the Library of Congress, the National Library Services, the Bard app, things like that. And those are all great, but for me, just using the Overdrive app has been so nice because it's very accessible. I can use it to listen to all kinds of books, ebooks or audiobooks or otherwise, and it just helps me connect with sort of that print world that I wouldn't be able to otherwise, you know, without maybe spending some money or going through a process. So you download the OverDrive app. All you got to do is make sure you have a library card and you're good to go. So if you haven't done that yet, go for it. Number seven on my list, OverDrive. Number eight, and this might not necessarily be visually impaired related per se, but it's a Bluetooth speaker. Now, I love Bluetooth speakers because they give you that much better sound without, A, spending a huge amount of money and without having to go through a bunch of connection. Now, obviously, Bluetooth, no edits, Bluetooth isn't always going to be the best sound in the world, but it just bumps up the bass a little bit, gives you a bit louder sound, and I really enjoy that because when you are visually impaired, audio becomes big deal let's just face it and so the better audio i can get the better i'm doing so a bluetooth speaker again you don't have to spend a ton of money you can you can spend a ton of money don't get me wrong but you don't have to spend a ton of money you can get you know 25 to 50 dollars will get you a pretty decent bluetooth speaker maybe it won't have the huge range of others or the deep bass or the whatever but it's going to give you better sound and that is really what we're looking for so number eight on my list a bluetooth speaker Number nine is good lighting. Now, I recently did a video about lighting and, you know, brighter lights don't always mean better lights, but good lighting. I can't live without good lighting. I need to have good lighting in my house, in my bedroom, in my kitchen, lots of different areas so that the little side I have remaining can do its best work because if it's dark... I really can't see much at all. So you got to have good lighting. Like I said, in the kitchen is pretty important. In the bedroom, bathroom is pretty important. You want to be able to match your clothes if you can see a little bit, things like that. Now, if you're totally blind, it probably doesn't make a big deal. But if you have low vision, and again, this is my list. So for me, having really good lighting is crucial. Number 10, we come to the middle of the road here, is the white cane. Now, for... You know, most visually impaired people, you've got a white cane and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's, I, I got to have that, right? But you just have to remember how you use it. You know, do you use it regularly? Is it something that you don't like to use? Things like that. The white cane is just something that you need to have in your toolbox. Some people would say, well, you should use it all the time, every day, every moment. And that's not a debate we're going to have today. But for me, the white cane is something important in the toolbox to have it when I'm out alone, to have it when I'm in a new area, to have it, you know, going to the airport, things like that. It's just so helpful for identification purposes, for finding those depth changes, stairs and curbs and so forth, and just, you know, allowing people to know, hey, I am visually impaired, so don't run into me, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And of course, we talked, I think, even recently about how people aren't going to always pay attention to that, but at least when they trip over your cane, 
they won't get super mad and start yelling at you. At least, that's the hope. So anyway, number 10 on my list is the white cane. Hey, we're about halfway through my list, and I just wanted to take a quick break here and ask you guys what would be on your list. What's the top 10, the top 20, the top 50 things that you can't live without? I'd love to hear from you guys, so stick around after the list. I'm going to give you all the ways that you can contact me, and you can send me in those lists because I would love to hear about it. So stick around after the list, and I'll give you the contact information. All right, we're up on number 11, and that's healthy relationships. I can't live without healthy relationships. It doesn't matter if I'm blindsided or any other such thing. I have to have good relationships. But I think healthy relationships are important when you go through sight loss because it's going to take you uh, you know, a while to get through things, and you need those people in your life to encourage, to support, to be there, to you know, tell you great things, to just sit and be quiet with you. Whatever you need from them, you need to have healthy relationships. This could be your spouse. This could be your parents. This could be good friends, whatever it might be. But healthy, and again, I'm putting emphasis on healthy. You could have a bunch of people who are all terrible relationships, and they're not going to do you any good. You need healthy relationships. And working on those relationships is crucial. We've talked about that. We'll continue to talk about that. But number 11 on my list is healthy relationships. Number 12 on my list is comfortable shoes. When you're visually impaired, you end up doing quite a bit of walking. Whether it's walking to work, walking to the store, you know, whatever it is, you end up doing a lot of walking. And having comfortable shoes is so important for that reason. Uh, I have Skecher tennis shoes, I think, and I've had sandals from them before. I really like Skechers, but for you, it might be a completely different brand. It might be a certain type of shoe, whatever it might be. You need comfortable shoes because with all the walking we end up doing as VI, IPs, you don't want your feet to hurt at the end of the day. So number 12 on my list, comfortable shoes. And speaking of walking all the time, number 13 on my list is the Apple Watch. Now, for me, I use an Apple Watch, but this could be a fitness tracker, a Fitbit, or, you know, something of that nature. Uh, I know Samsung Gear has one, whatever it is. I found the Apple Watch is the most accessible, obviously, but whatever it is for you that you use, I say go for that. But it helps keep track of my exercise, and it helps keep track of if I'm moving and things like that. And... You know what? It also tells the time. Shocking, right? So it's really helpful. Plus, with my Apple Watch, I can, you know, deck it out with bands and have a leather band and a metal band and a sport band and blah, blah, blah. So I really enjoy it. So number 13 on my list is the Apple Watch. Number 14 on my list is a magnifier. Now, this could be a desktop magnifier, sometimes known as a CCTV. This could be a handheld magnifier. And again, this is obviously if you're low vision, but magnifiers are so great. Now, I will say this, and I've talked about it before in my videos with Ira and things like that. Using a magnifier, you need to be cautious as you're using it. And the reason I say that is because sometimes we get overwhelmed and our limited sight can just get a little taxed and you're working on a headache and things like that. But for situations where it really comes in hand, it's so helpful and there's no replacement for it. You know, putting something under that magnifier, signing a document, you know, reading instructions on a cooking box or what cooking box. (laughs) I don't know what that is. What is a cooking box? Does anybody know? (laughs) Reading directions on the back of a box that you're going to use to cook with. There we go. Cooking box. Uh, Put that one in the file. Anyway, there's lots of things you can use a magnifier for, and they just are so great. Again, whether it's desktop, handheld, whatever it might be on my list, so important is a magnifier. 
Number 15 on my list is a good pair of sunglasses. Now, these sunglasses can be anything you like. They can be fashionable. They can be really big or bulky or slim. Whatever it is, whatever works for you, a good pair of sunglasses means they're good for you. I use a pair that are not too big, but they're polarized. They're pretty dark because I have a lot of light sensitivity. And so I got to go outside and I got to have some sunglasses. So investing in a good pair of sunglasses is important. Now, you don't have to spend $200 for a good pair of sunglasses. I bought the pair I use on a regular basis at like a sort of an outdoor market type thing and they were $12 and they're polarized and they're excellent. So you don't have to spend a bunch of money to get a good pair of sunglasses. Now, you certainly can, but you don't have to. Real quick, I'll tell you a story about spending a bunch of money on that. Uh, On my honeymoon, almost 15 years ago now, I bought a pair of Oakleys because I thought Oakleys were cool. Now, let me just, uh, they were cool. They were like like blue lenses and silver frame. They were so cool. Don't get me wrong. They were awesome. I loved them. Two weeks after my honeymoon, I went to a Denny's and left them on the table, never to be seen or heard from again. They were like 140, 150 bucks down the drain with those sunglasses. So I've never bought another pair of decent sunglasses. But I have found that sometimes cheapo sunglasses do a really good job. So you don't have to spend a bunch of money on it. But I know that on my list and hopefully on your list as well is a good pair of sunglasses. Next up on the list, and something that's not so, I don't know, technology-based or hardware per se, but number 16 is a good sense of humor. You got to have a good sense of humor because, look, you're going to face a lot of things that are going to be aggravating, and you we have to learn to laugh a little bit. And, and I don't mean that you don't take anything seriously. That's not what I'm saying, but we have to learn to laugh. People are going to say things, um, you know, we're going to go through things, and sometimes it's just funny. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah, it's it stinks or it's hard or whatever, but sometimes you just have to learn to laugh. And there's nothing wrong with that. Pick your spots, obviously. Don't laugh at every single thing and don't not laugh at anything. But having a good sense of humor, having the ability to laugh at yourself and the things around you can be so helpful whenever you're going through sight loss or any other such tragic thing. Now, again, let me go ahead and clear this up. Don't laugh at everything and don't not take anything. Don't take anything not seriously. Don't not take anything seriously. Is that what I'm trying to say? Look, take everything as it comes at you in an appropriate way. But I know number 16 on my list is so important to me, and that's a good sense of humor. Next up, right along with that, number 17 is patience. Patience. You got to be patient when you lose your vision because number one, doing tasks that you've always done, even though you still can do them, they're going to take a little longer. There's going to be a few more steps in between. I was actually talking about this with my wife recently, and I was saying how I did a uh, a stage play a few years ago, and I've always done theater and it's been a big part of my life. But before I lost my sight, you know, I'd audition, I'd read the thing, I'd go and whatever, and it was fine. But now doing a play there were quite a few more steps in between. You know, I had to make sure that the script was going to be accessible and how did I do it? And I had to put it in Evernote and learning the blocking and all that sort of thing. There were other steps. I still did it. It was great. It was wonderful. But there was a few more steps in between. So I needed patience to just know, okay, this is going to be okay. And patience as well to know that, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this today, but I'm working on it. And maybe tomorrow, the next day, patience to know that even though your life is changing, you're going to be able to still do many of the things you've always done. So learning to be patient is so crucial, and it sure is on my list of things I can't live without. 
And keeping right along with that sort of emotional connection, number 18 on my list is hope. Now, hope is one of those things that you need for many different situations, obviously. Um, one thing is maybe hope that there will be a cure for your sight impairment. And there's nothing wrong with hoping for that. But also hope that your life will be great again if you've just recently lost your sight. You know, hope that things will change and there will be new accessible ways to do all kinds of wonderful stuff. And, you know, IRA and all this technology, you know, Iris Vision, eSight, all these hardwares, all this software, all these kinds of things are coming. And to keep hope alive in your heart that says, you know what? These kinds of things are going to help me do the things I want to do. Yes, maybe there will be a cure for my sight impairment someday, and I'm going to keep hope alive for that. But I'm also going to keep hope alive that my life is going to be, quote unquote, as normal as it can be. Now, who knows what normal means, but we have to keep that hope going because that helps us keep moving forward. So number 18 on my list, hope. Number 19 on my list, and you can tell this was completely random making this list, but it's the AirPods. Now, I love my AirPods. I use them all the time. They're in my pocket every day. I connect with my phone, my iPad, all that stuff. If you don't have a lot of Apple devices, AirPods are kind of useless, but you might have another pair of Bluetooth headphones or whatever it might be. For me, AirPods are so great. I can listen to voiceover with them so I'm not distracting everybody around me. I can connect into all my devices. It's great. So I love having AirPods. Now, again, AirPods are for me. You You might have another set of Bluetooth headphones, headset, whatever it might be, and you really enjoy those. And that's really what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about AirPods specifically. Now, obviously, for me, it's specifically, but for you, it might be different. But I know that I love a good set of headphones and AirPods. While they're not perfect and they're not necessarily great for loud spaces, they're awesome for those everyday uses I use them for. So number 19 on my list, AirPods. And we've made it all the way to number 20. And number 20 on my list of things I can't live without as a VIP is an outlet for all the things that I'm going through as I lose my sight. For me, this kind of thing right here, this podcast, the YouTube videos, those kinds of things, it's a great way to have an outlet. There might be a blog that you write. It might be a journal that you keep. It might be a friend that you talk to. It might be a hobby that you have. Whatever it is, you have to have an outlet because all the things we talked about, you know, the technology and the hardware and the software and all those sort of things, they're great and they're wonderful and they make a huge impact on your life. But if you're not dealing with the stuff that you're going through, good or bad, you know, if you're not sharing all the successes, if you're not sharing all of the losses, if you're not sharing all the things that you're going through, it's going to be very, very difficult. So I want to encourage you to find that outlet in your life, whether it's social media, whether it's the internet, whether it's a hobby, a friend, whatever it is, find that outlet. Because for me, number 20 on my list is definitely an outlet for all the things I'm going through as a VIP. So there you go, my friends, 20 things that are so impactful to me as a VIP. Now, some of this is hardware, software, emotions, lots of things. You might have some of them. You might not have others. You might not even know what some of them are. But the point is, we all have things in our lives that impact us in a very crucial way as a VIP. Some of my things might not be your things, and that's okay. But I bet you have a huge list yourself. So I encourage you to sit down, think about all those things, and find that opportunity to be be grateful for those things in your life, whatever it might be, whether tech or relationships or emotions or whatever it is, find those moments, maybe write out that list and just be grateful for all those things that impact your life in a positive way as a VIP.
All right, guys, a little tech tip here for you. So I know that smart speakers are really, really big. You know, like the Amazon Echo is something that made waves quite a few years ago. And just people are really engaging with this whole smart speaker thing. Because now it's not just like saying, hey, what's the weather like? It's saying, hey, can you turn the lights on? Can you control my thermostat? Can you lock the doors? It's smart home technology. It's all kinds of wonderful stuff. And smart speakers are great. The reason I bring this up is because... I recently picked up a Google Home, and the Google Home is similar to the Amazon Echo. I will say this, the Amazon Echo has a few more skills or services that they offer other than the Google Home, but the Google Home is coming right along. It's got its own sort of um, pros, if you will. You know, I really enjoy the Google Home. It's done really cool things. It's not perfect, obviously, and I don't have a lot of smart tech in my home at this point, but it's so good for setting reminders and timers and adding things to lists and calendars. And, you know, we, we add things to our shopping list. And the nice thing about the Google Home is you're going to have multi-users. So it'll recognize my voice and play music from my stuff. Then it'll recognize my wife's voice and play music from her stuff or add to her shopping list or whatever it is. So it's been really cool. And the reason I tell you about this is because the Google Home Mini, it's this little bitty thing, kind of looks like a hockey puck. Well, actually, the Amazon Echo looks really like a hockey puck. <laughs> this looks like a rounded version of that. And it's really small, really compact, and it's not that expensive. And you can get into smart sort of speaker stuff. So if you're interested, I would encourage you to do some research. You can pick up an Amazon Echo and a Google Home for about the same price. So depending on what you want, you can pick one of those up. I picked up the home because I like the search feature, the Google Play Music, uh, the aspect of the multi-users, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but I know my good buddy Sam from The Blind Life has an Amazon Echo that he's featured on his channel. And I'm going to be coming out with videos about the Google Home in the near future. So I just encourage you, if you're looking to get into smart speakers, the Google Home, the Amazon Echo, the Echo Dot, I think it is, and the Google Home Mini, you can get in pretty cheap and start your journey with a smart speaker because as a visually impaired person, there's no screen to worry about. So you control it completely with your voice. So make sure to stay tuned to my YouTube channel as I do videos about that. And if you have a Google Home and Amazon Echo, whatever you got, I'd love to hear from you about it and what your experience is using one of these smart speakers. All right, guys, well, we've talked about 20 things that's on my list of things I can't live without, you know, that are so impactful to me as a VIP. And I want to hear from you. What's on your list? What are the top 10, top 20, top 50 things that you have on your list? I want to hear from you because feedback is fun. So let me know from you guys. You can do that a few different ways. You can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel, or you can leave me a voicemail, and the number to do that is 317-721-1027. You can leave that voicemail there for me. Let me know your stuff. I can feature it on the podcast, and it'll be a lot of fun. But Guys, remember, sharing is caring. So let me know what's going on in your life. Let me know what's on your top 10, your top 20 list, because I love sharing different ideas. Maybe you've got ideas that I don't have, and I would love to learn from you guys. So send me that email, send me that tweet, leave me that voicemail. I look forward to hearing from all of you guys very, very soon. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Well, that brings us around to the last leg of the podcast and just a few housekeeping items as we wrap things up here today. Don't forget that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that. And you can do that very easily. Go over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 057. And right under the player, there are buttons for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on Android. And that way, you won't miss another single episode. And while you're surfing the World Wide Web, if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and review in iTunes, I think you can do that in Stitcher maybe. Leave a rating and review. Let other people know, hey, this was great. I really enjoyed it. Whatever it might be, I would love for you guys to do that. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss another single episode. And hey, as I mentioned, I love hearing from each and every one of you. Don't forget to go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. You can get all the contact information plus my social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of thing. And by the way, last week I mentioned this idea about starting a Facebook group. I did hear from a few of you that seemed to have a positive response. I'd love to hear from you guys some more. Just keep letting me know if that's interesting to you. I'm doing some research on it, trying to figure out the best way to implement it, all that sort of thing. So I'm moving in that direction and I will definitely let you guys know if a Facebook group is on the horizon so that you will not miss out and you'll be able to join and talk and all that sort of thing. But go over and like the Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, you know, all that social media stuff. And that's going to wrap it up for me this week. Hey, as always, don't forget that all the information found in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you again for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com. And I'll see all of you in the next one. <laughs>